Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski, and welcome back to our Supercoach Instant Reaction podcast series. Today, we'll be completing the spine. We've gone through the fullback, the hooker, the halfback, and today we'll be doing, in my in my opinion this season, the most weird position group. It's the 5-8. So I think from last season, as we go through this list here, the top performers from last year, just the movement and the different scenarios and factors that's going to be factoring some of these prices and these grades. To me, when I put this list together, it was definitely one where I kind of had to just do three or four takes just to make sure I had had it right and you know looked at all the relevant information. But for me, it's just definitely one of these playing groups where I think there's there's a drop. I think you know there's there's definitely a, a top half of this of this group. And then it just falls away, and there's some definitely some intriguing options from a price value, from a draft perspective. I think there's definitely some options, but as we go through, I think you'll understand what I mean. I think just all over the place, and definitely one that you want to try and nail, especially from a draft perspective. I think five eight this year is going to be one of those ones that's it can win you a comp or it could lose you a comp. I do really think that the difference in if you muff a top pick on a five eight. Versus if you get a nice steal for a 5A, I think it might just pull you over the edge there. So we'll start with the number one performer from last year. It was Cody Walker from the Bunnies. Played 18 games last year for a 74 average. Value at 656,000 even. And I've got him as a grade 1-2 round pick. Now obviously, the 200 that he finished the season with last season. Uh, it's going to be fresh in everyone's minds, I think. He obviously before, had a great season before that, uh, but I think there will be a lot of people who will just have that in the back of their mind and might push him into the round one, where I think he's more of a round two grade myself. I've got him going as 5'8", number two this year. I just think, in, like I said, with Adam Reynolds, in that Bunnies team, points will be scored. I think the combination that he has struck up running off Adam Reynolds, you've got Latrell, who should be fit, firing out the back. And like I said, a couple of a couple of good edge players. Obviously got centers and wingers to burn. To me, Cody Walker, he's a no-brainer top two-round uh, two pick. And if you do pick him as one of your 5.8s, can't go wrong. Next on the list, we've got Cam Munster from the Storm. Played 15 games last year for a 70 average. A starting value at $620,100. And I have him going in round one. For me, 5'8", number one this season. Had a couple of injuries last season with the MCL, but I just think he's in that Melbourne team. No Cam Smith. This is now the leader of the attack for this team. Very intriguing if he gets the goal kicking as well. I think for me, if he gets the goal kicking, he instantly turns into in the Kalen Ponga territory in terms of a top three pick. Now... Obviously, like I said, in the in the hardback one, that edge, I think, is just one of the most formidable edges with him, Kenny Bromwich, Justin Olam, and Josh Adokar with Pappenhausen sweeping out the back. There's just points. There's points. I think the value of 620000 is unders. I thought he would have been... I thought they really would have inflated that price to get right near the Nathan Cleary price. Um, but 620000 starting with him for sure. I, he was my number one pick in draft last year. He took me to a prelim. Definitely going to try and eye him again. No, no questions asked. I think he's just one of those players that you just want in your team. A character, someone you want to, you want to have and watch every week. 
So from classic, from draft, I think he's a no-brainer number one in the 5'8 spot there. Next on the list, we already discussed him in the halfback pod is Sean Johnson. Again, not much to say here. Can't start with him in classic. In draft, he's going to be a late-round stash. If you can get him, if you nailed your draft and you can get him a little bit sooner, take the gamble. I think it's worth it to see what he's like when he comes back. Uh, but again, unfortunately, you just can't really do much with Shawnee uh, coming off that torn Achilles until you kind of see where he is. Next, we got Kurt Mann from the Knights. Dual 5'8 hooker. Played 19 games last year for a 64 average. Starting value, $570,200. I have got him going round 10 plus, And I got him at 5'8 number 15. So this is definitely the first one on this list where I kind of had to do a couple of checks to make sure and kind of work out why I fell this way. Main reason being for me, obviously, where does he play in a couple of rounds? Blake Green is going to slot back into that six when he comes back from his injury. So we'll take that out. Jaden Braley just got put into the Knights' leadership. So that's the starting nine. Connor Watson needs to play on this team somewhere, so I think he's going to get the 14 jersey. So for me, I just don't see where Kurt Mann is going to play in this team. Now, he may take that that bench spot off Connor Watson, but you don't want a bench player, and you're going to be doing a good pick in him. For me, he I think he's definitely one similar to a Mitch Pierce. I think if you're going to pick him early in the draft, or if you're going to pick him at all, until Blake Crane comes back, you want him to get a couple of scores while he's wearing that six jersey. But as soon as you get... Uh, offer or a good value pick for him, I think you need to flip him straight away. For me, he's a, definitely a no-go in Classic. I think you cannot touch him. 570, there's too many good options that we'll discuss in a second uh, in Heartback and 58. And again, if you're going to draft him, don't draft him too high, but if you are, just make sure you can try and flip him straight away because I just don't see a path to him getting a starting 13 jersey, possibly even a 17 jersey, and then I think you just wasted a pick there. Next on the list, we've got Dylan Brown from Parramatta Eels. Played 16 games last year for a 64 average. Starting in value, $564,700. I've got him going as around 3 to 4. And I've got him as 5'8", number 5 this season. A lot of upside with Dylan Brown. Obviously had the back in- sorry, the ankle injury at the end of the last season. Has our back injuries in the past. For me, his running game is just something that, as a Parramatta fan, I wasn't ready for. I think we've never kind of had that running 5'8", like him in a while. Uh, and it's, just, it's a joy to watch. I think definitely if you've got him in your side, for me, it's just, it's it's a good watch. Now, I could definitely see him getting overvalued. I could see someone in a draft comp going round two and just picking an upside. Won't blame the person for doing that. I think if you're going to do that for a pound and a half, I'd probably rather do it for Mitch Moser just because the highest in with the goal kicking. Um, but five, 564700 from a Classic is very intriguing. Did lose his halfback duel from last season, so he's 5'8 only. Uh, and again, Cam Munster, Cody Walker, and a couple more that we'll talk about in a second. I think there's other options, but I, don't, I won't begrudge someone for starting with him. I think there is some money to make uh, if he does get on a run. And in a draft comp, you'd be hoping he can probably slip into that third, fourth round so he can start seeing some value there. Next on the list, we've got Jerome Luai from the Panthers. Played all 20 games last year for a 62 average. Starting price of $551,400. I've got him going as around two to three pick as 5'8", number three this season. 
I'm all over Jerome Luai this year. If I can't get Cam Munster, I'm definitely going Jerome Luai. For me, one of the most potent, besides Cam Munster, I think he's got the potent edge. On his edge, he's going to be going to Kikau, to Crichton, to To'o. I think for me, that's just... And obviously Dylan Edwards coming out the back as well. I think that's just money. Um, the, the stack in trying to get all those four guys in one side, draft or classic, is appealing to me. 551,000 unders, I think he's definitely got the potential to beat that. Um, so for me, Jerome Luai, he's definitely someone I'm looking at in that Panthers team, as we discussed with Cleary. I don't really see the fallback. I, I don't see the regression in that team. I think they're going to score points. Luai's running game and his passing game is getting better and better. I think he's choosing his moments when to run a lot better, which is then freeing him up to make those line breaks and not get batted at the line so much. So he's a bit more there for the rest of the game. I think his, his match awareness is getting there. And obviously playing on the other side of Nathan Cleary, who attracts so much attention. I just think Jerome Luai this season, he's going to be one of those guys. I've got him going around two to three in a draft. But for me, if I can get him in around three, you'd be cheering with that. So definitely one to watch and one to try and target. Next on the list, we've got Kyle Flanagan from the Dogs. Again, spoke about him in the halfback. He is dual halfback. Played 80 games for the 59 average. Starting price at $524,600. And I've got him going around four to five as 5'8", number seven. As we discussed in the last pod, the floor is with the goal kicking. Whether he can... It just all depends on how Trim Barrett gets his team to attack. If they're an attacking style brand and he's able to get lots of assists, then he can get around that 50-55 average and that price of 524 looks okay. I don't think there's any money to make, but I think you can just get a consistent score out of him if they do play well. Again, I'm not looking at him at all in classic draft. Slightly intriguing at that price and with the duel. So one to look out for. Next on the list, Luke Keery again. Spoke about him in the halfback. He is dual halfback. Played at 18 games for a 59 average as well. Starting price of $521,200. Got him going as around two to three as 5'8 number four. So if we're just looking at those two right now, just to kind of close out their chapters here. They played the exact same number of games last year. Had the exact same average last year. Played in the same team. Uh, but for me, Luke Keery, now that he has the jewel, just has so much potential. Uh, Tupanua on the outside of him, Tedesco out the back, Radley also there to help get some shape in that attack. I just think Luke Keery, if you're going to go, if you're picking one of those two at a certain stage in your in your uh, team makeup, I think you've got to go Keery. Just, he obviously hasn't got the goal kicking, but just a better team, a better attacking from what we've seen so far. So that's where I'll leave for those two guys. Next on the list, we've got Jack Wyden from the Raiders. The Dahlia medalist from last year played 19 games last year for a 58 average. Uh, starting price of $516,100. And I'm going, got him going in round three to four as 5'8 number six for this season. It's all about whether he can continue the form late last season. I think obviously finished the season very well. Can ton up. Got the ability to, sc- to score a couple of tries. In that Canberra team, as we discussed with George Williams, I don't think much of a regression as well. Uh, and I just want to see him take on the line more. I think when Jack Wyden's running, picks his spots well, he's a big, strong guy, can run over the top of someone and put the ball down. Uh, and it's just going to be, if George Williams can really start controlling the game and get a good kicking game going, and you can get just Jack Wyden into more of a running game and facilitating at the line if he needs to, then I think that 5-16,000 to start with is going to increase. I think 58 average from last season, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he doesn't break the 60s this year. 
Uh, and you can kind of get a steal. Last year, he did go in our second round in our draft. Oh, I, could, I could see someone going round two this year. For me, I think it'd be much safer to go round three, possibly even four, if you can try and jag him there. I don't think he'll last that long. But definitely one, again, if your top guys go and you can pick him. Might be worth a stack with him and George Williams in your halves, similar to our Titans theory from the last potty. But again, one, one to definitely look out for. I think he's got the got the upside that could go 60 to mid-60s as an average. Uh, could do your job there with a high ceiling. Next on the list, we got Scott Drinkwater from the Cowboys. He's dual 5'8 fullback. Played 16 games last year for a 55 average. Starting price of 488 300 I've got him going round 10 plus as 5-8-17. I just don't see the upside in the Cowboys team. Uh, I might as well throw the next man in as well because I think they're very similar players with both similar duels. It's Adam Dewey from the Tigers. Dual fullback. Played 20 games last year for a 55 average. Starting price of $484,600. I have got him going round 10 plus and 5-8-18. So they're both the same for me. I think the fullback dual... Does give some interest if you if your starting fullback does go down, but I think that's team 15 and 16, the Cowboys and the Tigers. I think Morgan and Brooks will be the primary playmakers. I, I don't I don't see much value in these two guys. The the 480,000 odd, I don't see them getting owned much at all in a classic side. In a draft, worth a bench spot for me. Uh, just because of the jaw gives you that flexibility if you do have an origin period or a one week or one or two week injury. But again, wouldn't be looking at them until your bench spot starts to suck and fill up there. Next on the list, we've got Kieran Forum from Manly Seagulls. Jewel Hooker, 5'8, played 14 games last year for a 54 average. Starting price of $480,900. I've got him going around 8 to 9. That's 5-8-11. For me, Kieran Foran could boost up the rankings a little bit more. I just want to kind of see where he fits in this Manly team. All reports he's going to get a six jersey. Um, there's some some rumours earlier in the offseason. They'll play him at the 9, play him at 14. For me, only interest if he plays six. And again, more of a... More of a stash in the terms of a bench, not a nice, nice jewel in the 5'8 hooker, gives you some flexibility, but wouldn't be starting with him in a classic side. And again, similar to the to the previous two, wouldn't wouldn't really want to touch early on in the draft until after the midway point, starting to get towards the double digit rounds. Next on the list, we got Cody Nikarima again from the Warriors. Jewel Harpak, we already spoke about him, played 19 games for 52 average. Starting price four hundred and sixty-three thousand four hundred dollars. Got him going round eight as five-eight number ten. Uh, similar to what we spoke about, I think does rise a little bit more because of how shallow the five-eight market is this season in Supercoach. Uh, the, the the jewel is what's intriguing. I think again, I love a ceiling player. Obviously, could get you a thirty, but can get it, get you a hundred and ten. And as you're trying to you know get through your draft season. And even in some of your classic head-to-head matchups, that upside is what you need, especially, you know, you, you, that's not real big money to invest in 463000 in a round eight draft pick. I think for a ceiling player of that caliber, uh, it's worth a crack there with Cody. Next on the list, we've got Corey Norman from the Dragons, a dual fullback, 5'8", 
played 18 games last year for a 51 average, starting price of $448,800, and I've got him going in round 9 as 5'8", number 12. So I think Corey Norman will be selected in a 12-man draft comp as a starting 5'8". I think the duel does help him. Obviously, not many fullback 5'8 duels that do intrigue me. He is one of them. And it's all about how uh, Anthony Griffin gets this Dragons team to play for me. I think the news about Cam McKinnis kind of throws what I think the ceiling could be for this team. Now, I think he will get the six, and it will be his to lose. So I think all the all the the pressure and the whatever performance needs to be had is all on his shoulders. I think he'll be given enough rope where it's his to lose. And if he wants to turn on and perform, as we've seen um, with the Broncos, with the Eels, and even in patches for the Dragons, the talent's there for Corey Norman. Uh, as a para fan, loved watching him play. Sad when he left. Um, but again... It's, it's really up to Corey and, I guess, how the Dragons team plays around him. Hoping that he does turn on this season. That 50 average, more than enough if you're picking him as the last 5-8 picked in a 12-man comp. And in, in a classic comp, I could I could see the, some interest if the Dragons do get on a roll with a new coach and plays a nice style. He could, could, you know, make some money and get around as high as maybe the 60 average, but I, I, I don't see it. I think right around where he is, that 50 average, and that price won't move that much. Okay, the next the next three I'll just kind of bunch again. Spoke about them in the halfbacks pod. It's Ash Taylor, it's Charles Harris, uh, sorry, Chanel Harris Devita, and Michael Morgan, all dual five eight halfbacks. Uh, starting from four hundred and thirty thousand down to three hundred and eighty six thousand. Similar gradings to where I had him in the in the halfback pod. Ash Taylor and Harris Devita around six and seven. Michael Morgan ten plus. And again, sim- similar to what I said, I think Ash Taylor and Harris Tavita have definite upside potential with their teams this season, the way they play. Michael Morgan, not as intrigued, but again, such a low starting point for a price. And with the duel, it's it's worth a shot at some stage throughout the draft or even to start off in Classic. Okay. And our last four guys here. Next, we've got Blake Green from the Knights. Played 15 games last year for a 36 average. Starting price, 318900 I have got him as the last ranked 5'8", 5820. Now, for me, this is all about when he comes back from injury. Obviously, coming off the ACL, I don't think you can draft him. I think you can't really start with him because I think that's still a bit of money to hold off if you're not really playing him yet. I think once he comes back, see how he is. I think just before, you know, as the reports come out that he's one or two weeks away, might be worth a pick up in the waivers in a draft comp, just to hold him on the bench. He's 5'8 only, uh, but might, might be worth a shot if your 5'8's not really working for you. In a, in a classic comp, if he comes out and, you know, has a slow week, but then picks up, then you can obviously jump on there, and if he's now swinging out of the back with Kalen Ponga flying on the outside of him, and Jaden Bradley's getting good service from Tommy Half with the forwards rolling, some value there and some potentially money to be made. I think if he was starting the season and Newcastle, you know, had the, the full team to start the season, that 318 becomes very intriguing. But I think for right now, you let the season play out as it is. He's a late waiver pickup before his injury. And I think in Classic, you monitor that first game, and then you decide what you want to do there. Next on the list, we've got Lachlan Lamb from the Roosters. 5'8 hooker, added a duel to his game this season. Played seven games last year for a 35 average. $310,100. Got him going round 10 plus. 
and I've got him as 5-8-14. Now, for me, it's all about being the starting seven in the Roosters' side. Uh, There's not much downside in picking him as a late-round pick, especially if you're going to stash on the bench with that with that cheeky jewel, I think, see how he plays. Now, if your starting guys are dominating and local lambs also dominating, also becomes a very nice little trade piece or a very nice piece to keep on your bench that you can use as a hooker or a 5-8 throughout the season. 310,000, again, from a Roosters halfback, it's low. So for me, you can do the cash grab either as the backup 5-8 or the backup hooker. I will have him somewhere in my team. I haven't got him in there right now, but in my classic side when the season starts, I think if he does get the starting number seven jersey, Angus Crichton on his outside, and you've got Joey Manu on the outside as well. For me, I just think there's some money to be made there. So Lachlan Lamb is definitely one to target in both classic and draft. Our last two guys, four, four from Grace from previous Supercoach years. I'm going to bunch them together here. It's all going to be about Injury, it's going to be about chance, where they play, how the team goes. All right, so first guy, Anthony Mill for the Broncos, played 13 games last year for a 34 average. Starting price, $304,600. Got him going round 10 plus as 5.816. Now, reports he's just broken his hand, so how, how does that now factor in and when does he come back early in the season? Does he make it back for round one? When he does play 304000 for a guy of Anthony Milford, who we've seen average 60 in Supercoach a couple of seasons ago, it might be too tantalizing to pass up in both comps. Now, loses his dual fullback, which does hurt. If he was dual fullback for me, I would have been all over it at some stage. I think to start off in Classic, I think definitely there, 304000 the potential is there, and money to be made if he does come back and the Broncos do perform, which I think under Kev Walters, I think they will improve. And I don't think he'll be messed around with the starting side. I think that was his number six jersey when he comes back. So definitely a, a choice play uh, to start the season as super coach in classic. I think he won't drop money. He'll only make money. And in a draft comp, if you can get him as a cheeky, you know, you want to just leave five eight all the way to the end, and you can just pick him up at the end. Might be a good option there. And the last guy on our list, one of my favorites, it's Matt Moylan, dual fullback five eight. Played only eight games last year for a 29 average. Looking at those numbers, you're probably going, Matt, why even to mention him? Look, he's $325,600. I've got him going round 10 plus. Got him as 5-8-19. But for me, talk about a ceiling player. Now, we haven't seen it in a couple of years, but no Sean Johnson. Supposedly, as they all say, tearing the house down at training. Fully fit. He's been working on trying to limit those injuries. It's just an intriguing, it's an intriguing jewel for me in my draft comp. If I don't, if I get to, you know, the picks 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and I just want to have a cheeky jewel on the bench, why not go on Matt Moylan? You know, I don't think he's going to average 29. I think if he's the primary playmaker in this team, if he does start a fullback or he does start a 5-8, I think there's going to be money to be made from a classic side and then a draft. It's just, it's just one of those jewels where, again, if he can, you know, pop off for a couple of rounds, and then you might go, hang on a second, I can turn him into a nice piece here. Or you just ride him and keep him on the bench. Or you might even start him. It just depends how you want to go. But definitely, as we kind of look at this list again, I think the top half, the top six guys are set. I think 
money to be made, points to be scored with the top six. The middle of the pack for me, besides a couple of exceptions, not really there for me. It's that real low end of the stick. It's the Blake Green, the Lock and Lamb, the Milford and the Moylan, where I think you can start getting real creative. Got some cheeky jewels. The price is just really low, so there's money to be made if they do stay on the field. And it won't cost you much draft capital. I think you can get them really late in the draft, and you might get a pleasant surprise. And if it doesn't work out, you haven't spent too much capital on it, so you're not going to be too worried. Alright guys, well that will do it for the 5.8s. We've completed the spine. We've got three more position groups to go. We've got the centers, the, the second rowers, and the forwards. So next we'll go with the forwards, the big boys. We'll work out who the who the guys there to target are. We'll change the format a little bit differently because of obviously how big the position groups are for those three groups. So I'll share that with you with the next pod. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, give us a like, subscribe. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day. Cheers.